Hello, 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 hello. Episode 106. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with Charity Hall. And we're Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church. It matters. It matters. How are you, Charity? I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Had a good day? I, I, I had a day. You had a day? Of um, productivity. Productivity. I had a day. A stressful day. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> we got to stay focused. So, with that being said, housekeeping, Real Church Matters. From what I hear, iTunes is about to shift. And what they're going to do is I, the podcast will be its own thing. So, I don't know how that's all going to shake out. I do know there will always be a Apple Podcast app. And I think that that'll be by itself more. So be on the lookout for more information about that. But in, at any rate, you can find us on Apple Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud. Continue to like us, subscribe, listen, and share. Uh, I appreciate the reviews. I appreciate the five stars that you guys give. It's, uh, it's not just encouraging, but it also continues to remind me that the three people that listen are the reason I I do this. So with that being said, I appreciate <laughs> that. Shout out to those who give on Patreon. Believe it or not, there are more people that give on Patreon than people that listen. And so I appreciate that too. So remember it's patreon.com forward slash real church matters. And appreciate each and every person that's given. And it's just supporting. One of the things we talked about in Bible study on Tuesday was being fellow helpers of the truth. Mm -hmm. And so he was talking about supporting those who are doing the job that we're not doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can't do what they do, but we can support what they do. And I just continue to appreciate each and every person that does just that. That's a word. That is a word. That was Bible Especially studies. since, um, yeah, I miss Bible studies. I know, you had to work and listen to Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to keep on no, going no, no, back I'm to tired, this? That, that oh my God. That tickled me, though. I'm so embarrassed. Because here's the crazy thing you were in full actually encouraging me. <laughs> yes, I really but was. With a secular song, you're like, listen. I just want you to know it's gonna be all right, as if Shirley Caesar sang. I know. Or Daddy Peoples. I know? said it with the the most innocence in my heart. Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it as if it was a Kirk Franklin. Line. Like you don't have to worry, because <laughs> it's gonna be all right. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Was, okay. 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 But what was that? What was you about to say about that? That interesting note about fellow helpers of the truth yeah it's it reminds me of when people say it things cannot function with too many leaders or too many chiefs and whatever that saying is and everyone can't do everything but you can assist it may not be your calling to do this thing yeah but you can help yes and I appreciate that. I appreciate all the helpers who know their place. Yeah. And all the people who lead who know their place. Absolutely. And, and knowing the role that you play and how it can change. 
Mm-hmm. There are different spaces of our lives where we yeah. are the leader, and there are spaces of our lives where we have to be the supporter. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right. Just knowing to stay in that place has taken me further than trying to be that person everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank y'all for supporting. Thank you, Charity, for supporting, even in the capacity of having a conversation with me, because I've done about four of these by myself in the span of the two years. <laughs> and the funny thing is, they are the ones that get the most nasty emails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's like when I'm sitting by myself and just really just don't read the word and sharing the word, it's like that's when somebody's like, listen, yeah, that was wrong. It's like, I, you know. It's nice to have conversations. I have times to speak by myself, and that's usually called preaching or teaching, but I like for the podcast to be a conversation. So I appreciate charity. I appreciate each and every person that comes on here. They all come for their special reasons. Um, None of them have came because they came interested. I came to them, and, and I've done that. Yeah. I was interested. Yeah, I didn't know you were, honestly. But I, I came to I you. I know, I came to you. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, everybody else, though, <laughs> I went to them. And I appreciate you coming to me and being interested. But most of them, I have, I've had to come to them. And all of them, for a specific reason, there was a message or yeah, something. Yeah, I was tired of my points being conveyed without me saying it. Oh, yeah, you did say I, I, I borrowed. But it's cool because if your points are from God, then we're all sourcing yeah, that material. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like public domain in a way. Yeah. And I am a sampler at heart. You are. So I, I chop and screw, sample, borrow. Mm-hmm. But anyway, today what we're going to talk about is devotion. And it's cool that, you know, right before... I sprung it on you and you say, well, this is perfect because we have different views of devotion. Mm -hmm. So I, before I go into my spiel, I'm curious as to what you derive as my view of devotion. Well, a lot of times when I talk to you about my devotional times and the times where I am focused on God to get my spirit prepared, I talk about times where I'm in the car and, you know, singing and, you know, getting into praise and worship and then talking to God. And you're like, oh, why is my sister so crazy? But (laughs) I think that, you know, everybody has their own way of devoting uh, their attention to God beyond devoting their life. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, it's good you made that distinction uh, because the way we uh, show devotion mm-hmm. is unique mm-hmm. to us in, in that way, in the context of when we talk about singing and so the way that we engage with God is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this particular context of the podcast, we're talking about the idea of being devoted mm-hmm. and the, in that context of what does it mean to be a Christian? Uh, it means that we should be devoted. Religion itself is is a uh, a term that denotes devotion mm-hmm. or a person who's devoted to something. 
So to say that we are a religious people or a Christian or a Hindu, whatever you are. Means my loyalty or my my, Devotion. my faith and my yeah. foundation is based off of this. It's based off of this type of devotion. Mm-hmm. The, the idea in the way that I can help y'all understand, we say fans. Fans comes from the root, root word fanatic. Mm-hmm. In order for you to be considered a fan, you would have to be a fanatic. If you're not a fanatic, people won't consider you a fan. We know that people are fans because no matter whether their team wins or lose, they're devoted to that team. Mm-hmm. They show a devotion. They show their devotion in many ways. Some people pay thousands of dollars for tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people have cars that are colored in their team. They wear jerseys everywhere. They are they're willing to get into fights over <laughs> someone disagreeing with their team. Yes. I even was reading the... the uh, an article on the internet today how uh, a co-worker at McDonald's oh yeah ruined the the end game for somebody <laughs> and so they fought <laughs> I read that and I thought I thought to myself like ooh but what does that show? It shows a level of lunacy <laughs> but lunacy is constantly attributed or connected to devotion mm-hmm. and whenever you see someone is overly devoted to something we look at them like they're crazy mm-hmm. and a lot of times Christians don't like that stigma of crazy but to say you're a Christian is to say you're devoted in such a crazy way mm-hmm. we know that because Jesus is constantly showing how crazy our devotion should be so he says things like Sell all you have. And that's the way you'll get into heaven. Or looks to the disciples and says, oh, I need y'all to quit y'all fishing jobs and follow me. Mm-hmm. He, he's asking them for a level of devotion that the world looks at as crazy. He's asking them to be devoted to him in a way that challenges our devotion to anything else. Yeah. And so t- today I just wanted to talk about how that devotion should be as a mentality, not so much devotion as in y'all, you sit and you read the Bible or like Charity said, you spend a lot of time in your car crying and singing praise and worship songs, <laughs> which is beautiful. <laughs> and you could do a lot of worse things with your time, like sit in the car and sing, we're going to be all right. <laughs> but, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. But the reality is, is that beyond the music, Beyond the church services, beyond all of that, which we tend to be devoted to, what does being devoted to God look like? Mm-hmm. And so I have a passage of scripture that I think that will take us to an interesting place. So we have Joshua and Joshua was told that Jericho was his. Mm-hmm. He said, all you got to do in this city is march around it. And everything that's in it is is already claimed. But he said, God says something specific. He said in Joshua verse, I mean, chapter six, he told them all the riches there has been cursed. In the King James Version, it says it's holy cursed. Anything that's cursed by God is still holy. It's just a holy curse. Mm-hmm. And he said, whatever y'all do, Don't take any of this cursed money or this cursed treasure. Don't take it with you. He said, bring it all to my house, to the temple. And so they didn't listen. (laughs) 
And so then we go to chapter seven. And in chapter seven, this is what it says. The Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. Now, when he says devoted things, he said this in chapter six as well. He's saying those treasure was devoted already, Mm -hmm. meaning it was committed or allocated or a word that you're going to hear me say today, the C word, consecrated. Mm -hmm. It belonged to God. So he says, you took the devoted things and they have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. So then 12, it says, therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. So then he used, God uses this word devoted again to say, because you took something that was devoted to God, you are now devoted to destruction. It says, I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves tomorrow for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, there are devoted things in your midst. O Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. And so <laughs> when I was reading this, I was, I was really. This is very meaty. Yeah, it's, it's very meaty. <laughs> and I was reading and I was realizing that the problem that a lot of Christians in modern time are having is that there is a reality that we have taken, we think we're devoted to God, but the things that are devoted to destruction, we still keep among us. Mm-hmm. The things that God says, these things are not committed to me, they're committed to destruction. They're devoted to destruction. He says, you have kept them among you. And they'll consecrate ourselves as Christians say that we are. Consecration means holy. In order for you to be consecrated, you really have to challenge yourself as what in my life is not devoted to God, but is devoted to destruction. I I found it interesting that he said the things that were devoted to destruction. Don't carry those things with you, but take them to the temple. Like a lot of people think that the things that are causing them destruction aren't even supposed to be taken to the temple or in the temple. And I I thought that was an interesting um, piece where he said, take it to the temple, the place where it's supposed to be holy and undefiled. Take those things to the temple because that's the only way that you can change something. I'm, Thinking about his spiritual aspect. Trying to, yeah. And I I didn't read that further along to see what exactly would be done with this stuff. But I Mm -hmm. get what you're saying. It's like, at the end of the day, it belongs devoted to a purpose for God. Mm -hmm. But it has no purpose for us. Exactly. And I think that when we talk about devoting ourselves to God, it doesn't, for a lot of people, Charity, it doesn't go no further than reading their Bible. It doesn't go any further than singing songs. It doesn't go any further than prayer. Or saying the things that on a surface level of are considered sin. I'm not doing those things. So I'm pleasing to God. Yeah. But what are you doing 
that isn't, you know, that isn't been hasn't been devoted to exactly hasn't been given to you because it's a lot of things that even though we don't sin, it's still considered us not devoting the our entire lives to God. Absolutely, and we just want to keep that piece to ourselves. Say, you know, glutton and and us overindulging in things like food and movies, yeah. et cetera, things that distract us from God's will or just not even doing God's will. That's a part that we reserve to ourselves. Oh, I'm not a people person. I don't want to be bothered by people. Yeah. So I refuse to, you know, do what God called me to do as a, a just a basic person, yeah. spreading his His word. Yeah. I think that you're, you're getting to the crux of it. It's like, take it, and focus, everybody that's listening, focus on your heart. Mm-hmm. Because when he's talking about this treasure, it made me think of the scripture. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be mm-hmm. also. And a lot of times we're trying to fix our heart, but never by getting rid of our treasure. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to fix our heart by changing what we do, not what we treasure. We still treasure the things that are devoted to destruction. Even with human well basic adults you ask them why they the why did you do this thing and they can't explain to you what the reasoning was behind it yeah. a lot of people don't think deeper than actions yeah so you if you don't think deeper than actions then you aren't able to understand this scripture in the full meaning yeah because yeah. it like you're right and I think to, 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 because sometimes when we say things, people think that we're minimizing it. I don't want to minimize things like reading the word, praying, <laughs> all of that stuff. No. It's... I don't want to minimize it because if you look in the New Testament, type in the word devoted, Paul is constantly telling mm-hmm. them to devote themselves to prayer, mm-hmm. devote themselves to reading and teaching mm-hmm. the scripture. I get that. Paul is telling us devoting ourselves to scripture. That's what he wants. But I'm talking about what bothered God here. Enough to tell them that I sent y'all to a city in which you were destined to conquer. But now you can't even look your enemies in the face and you can't win. because Not because you're not able to win, but because you no longer have a heart that is cause or worthy to win. Because you coveted something that was already consecrated or allocated or devoted to something else. We keep trying to claim things that aren't ours. Mm-hmm. And we get upset and we get angry that they can't be ours. And like you said, a lot of times adults get in a situation where they're doing stuff. And they don't even know why they're doing it. Because they're never looking at their treasure. Mm-hmm. And saying, does this treasure mine's? Is this treasure devoted to God or is it devoted to destruction? God didn't want them to touch anything that wasn't devoted to him. And when you look at that, I started to, as I read the scripture, I started looking at my life and I'm like, man, it's deeper than sin. And sin is, Absolutely. Sin is such an interesting thing because it's the constant theme of our conversations. Ultimately, it is the constant theme of the Bible, but it ultimately the problem we don't understand is that you say you receive salvation, 
Therefore, sin is no longer the conversation. Mm-mm. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Now, we, if you look in the New Testament, like the things that Paul are talking about, is talking about, he is not talking about sin the way we talk about it, the way people think holy. They think they holy because they don't sleep around or they do any of the sins that we def- define as sin. But if you think about what Jesus described as all of the things that were considered holy, then none of those things had to do with actions. It had to do with heart, heart, yeah, patience, kindness, humility, like all of those things, long suffering, all of those things had to do with your mind, your intentions, where your heart was. Yeah. It's a perfect example of that. He says that we are to, let me make sure I, I read it correctly. And he also made it clear that you can't do these things in yourself because in you is no good thing. Nothing. No good thing in us. And we're, let me make sure I say it. He tells us no one in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for he will either hate the one or love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Mm-hmm. You cannot serve God in money or mammon, as it says. But God is always telling us there is this decision that you have to make. That affection is not so much what you do to me, but it also is what you feel or think about. Mm-hmm. Because that ultimately is who you are. So when he tells us this love thing, he don't say, love me with all your money. He says, <laughs> love me with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And when you hear that, and then you couple that with where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. There are people who serve God, but they don't treasure God. Mm. And I think that that's where I wanted to get to today is like, are we really concerned about how we treasure things as much as we should be? Because it's showing our devotion. It is. It's showing our devotion. It's it's why there's a beehive. (laughs) There's a beehive because these people have, are making sure you understand, you might like Beyonce, And you might listen to Beyonce, but you are not like us. But it it takes me back to the whole, and you and I have had many conversations about being a follower of Christ Mm -hmm. and it being parallel to a cult and how you have to have a certain level of this Fantastical, unbelievable, and we always undeniable faith in order to really believe, you know, be a follower of Christ. Right, and we never we always talk about it, and I think this word sums it up perfectly to go along with that. Mm-hmm. The cult person has such a obsessive mm-hmm. devotion. To a belief, a set of beliefs, even sometimes to a person, Mm -hmm. even at times to a being, a higher power, that it causes other people to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. 
when you look at the most famous one, I was in middle school, the Heaven's Gate cult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they dressed up in sweatsuits and Nikes. And I, I remember that, sitting and watching that and being scared. Like, are they right? Yeah. Why did I question whether they was right? Because who would go to such lengths? Who who would allow themselves to, and and their entire family? Like it was families and kids that were you know that died yeah. because of that call. Yeah, even that the one Jamestown with Jim Jones and they drinking the Kool Aid and they all died. Mm-hmm. It's so many. Cults. Oh, so that wasn't the no. One? The Heaven's Gate cult uh, was it was like these adults, and they uh, they killed they killed themselves, but they was they believed that Haley when Haley's comet came, it, they had to oh. kill themselves at a certain I time. Because I only remember the one um, Jamestown, Africa, yeah, yeah, where they, Jim Jones. But I thought they dressed up in sweatsuits too. No, no, that was back in the seventies. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they had sweatsuit stuff, but. Heaven's Gate cult, when they found them dead, they all had matching sweatsuits and Nikes. It, it was navy blue because I remember yeah. it being all over the news. Yeah. It, and I was, what, eight yeah. at the time? But I remember it. But it's remarkable to us, even vividly. in our youth. Yeah, because you think about this stuff. And that's why I went back and read it. And I'm like, man, these people, they believe. Where did they get this belief from? Or you look at Christian scientists. Mm-hmm. And people think that we're just as nutso as them. From the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. But then they get to know us and they say, no, you, Christians are okay. Why are we considered okay? Because we've normalized. Mm-hmm. There isn't a level of devotion to the scripture or to God. And I can say scripture because it ultimately, when we read the scripture it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God, then to devote oneself to scripture, like Paul says, is to devote oneself to God. And I asked rhetorical questions this past couple days. And, you know, people, no offense, but if I ask you, do you love God? You're going to say yes. It's just the way it is. I don't even know too Depending many people. Depending on the person. Depending on the person. Some people will say no, but most people are going to say yes. But the question is, is that how do you know you love him is where this conversation is really going to. And how do you display your affection? Because he is dictating, just like for a man, the woman dictates what she defines as devotion. Mm -hmm. He can say he love her all day, Mm -hmm. but she's defining the line of what I consider to be devotion. And he can say, babe, I love you. And then she like, who are you you on the phone with? Well, this is my homegirl from way back in high school. And she like, listen, (laughs) for me, you got to stop talking to all women that ain't blood related to you. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? She she sets those terms. Now he knows the level of devotion he has to have. So then we, we look in here and Jesus is saying, what is he saying? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He set the tone and level of devotion. He did the same thing to the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler had his own set of love for him. He said, all your word, I follow it. To the T, man, I got this. <laughs> I, I kill it. And he said, nah, that's cool. But if oh, you really, you really, really love me, you'll sell everything you have. What was he doing? Defining the level of devotion mm-hmm. that he expects. 
He defined the level of devotion even for itself. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. What is he saying? Sacrifice is articulated as devotion to God. And how radical is that? <laughs> <laughs> how radical? Yeah. This, why does divorce exist? Because people have a limit to their devotion. Mm. Even though they set terms of devotion in the vows, they say, tell death do you part. That is setting the scale so high for mm-hmm. devotion. And then a person in their head like, man, that's crazy. It's a good thing that I don't have to operate by that if I don't want to. It's a good thing if this I don't like this person no more. I have a way out. I have a way out. Mm-hmm. That's not devotion. Mm-mm. Think about it. I'm pretty sure in that Heaven's Gate cold, there was somebody when it was time to drink the arsenic, because that's how they killed themselves, was like, you know what? I was here for the fellowship. Like, you guys are cool to be around. And nobody really paid attention to me and accepted my crazy for what it is. But I'm not that crazy. And that's where people get. And you notice it because when you, where we start to break away as denominations mm-hmm. is in our level of devotion. I was just thinking that. That's why we have so many <laughs> denominations used, and, yeah. one, and one faith. Yeah. One faith, but one multiple degrees of which I commit myself exactly. to that faith. So nasty. It's nasty. It's, it, I think we're actually the only religion that has so, and, and it's the, the levels of um, separation. Yeah. It's, it's, it varies. We add it extreme. to the scripture. We add it to the scripture. It said, love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind. We added comma to taste. <laughs> I might be a little salt, pepper, <laughs> salt, pepper, ketchup. That's how you say yeah. it. <laughs> he, what did he say? He said, when the salt loses its flavor, mm-hmm. what good is it to, but to be trampled? That's we, we fixed that scripture. We said, when the salt loses its flavor, go to a church that actually likes a little bit less salt. Mm. <laughs> go, mm. go to the church that is flavorless. This flavorless mm. church is now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yo, you you lost your savor? Come here. Because we're all just a bunch of people who lost our savor. Oh, you don't speak in tongues? Come here. Come here. We don't even worry about that stuff. Oh, you still drink and you don't see what, how you can't love God and drink? Come on over here. Come on. Oh, you, you were willing to give God your life, but you don't want to give him your time to come to all these services? We only have one service a week. Come on. It's, it's crazy because I talk to so many people. And and now it's a common thing to be to believe in God mm. and to believe in in Jesus. It's a common thing. Yeah. Especially in the African American community. It's very common for people to post scriptures and have some sort of faith. Yeah. However, there are lines. They like I I go to the eight o'clock service because I know I'm gonna be out of there by nine o'clock and I'll be at brunch by ten drinking my limitless mimosas. Yeah. Like it is it's it's ridiculous. None of it calls for a level. And not once do they say why they go to church. Yeah. I mean honestly I'm like, sis. Why do you even attend then if you want to be gone to brunch by 10 o'clock so you can drink your mimosas? Like, why do, do 
You could just stay home. Because <laughs> there is a devotion, but you can't be devoted to both. So even though they tried, this is why Jesus is saying this. He's letting them know you can't do both. He, you know, he could have flipped that scripture, Matthew 6 and 24. He could have just said, you can't come to church and make it the brunch. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't come to church and make it the brunch. And that's the reality is that we're in a situation where people want to do both. Am I saying you can't go to brunch? No. no. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that when one comes up to the other, we get to see your devotion. That's what he was saying. He was like, the, the Israelites, they loved the Lord until they was faced with something that came against their devotion to God. Mm-hmm. What came against their devotion to God? Something else they was devoted to. Mm-hmm. Treasure. <laughs> I was, I'm devoted to treasure. I like treasure. He's like, come on. No, we got to keep, we got to keep y'all focused. You were devoted to me. That treasure was devoted to me. Mm-hmm. You don't get to take part in what was devoted to me or devoted to destruction. He had an intention for that treasure. Whatever God intended to do with it, we do know he said it's devoted to destruction. So maybe he planned on bring it in here and we're going to destroy it all. Melt it down. We're going to do something. But we are in a situation where I can go to God and say, Lord, change my life. And everything that needs to be taken out of my life to change it, I'm devoted to. Mm-hmm. So really, do I want him to change my life? And and I think that, I know, this is so far left. No, no, But I ahead. think that's what bothered the angels so much about us and God's affection towards us is that they they realize that our affection isn't matched. Like our devotion isn't the same as his devotion to us. Yeah. And then the angels were like, well, Lucifer was like, yeah. I mean, my devotion is more than the humans. Why, why, why is your devotion so much to these people who don't have the same devotion to you? That's not left. That's right there. We can go there. The reason why he can challenge us in our devotion Mm -hmm. is because he has shown the level of devotion that he wants from us in his actions Mm -hmm. and his devotion. So devoted that it bothers him when we don't match his level of devotion. Mm -hmm. I don't think the people even realize that all the things in the Bible are really to let us know how much he's devoted to us. Mm-hmm. When we read these stories, we just read them with such an isolated perspective of like, oh, yeah, that was a nice story. That was, I know, like, God is like, I'm telling you, like, it's like I'm on a stand and I'm just testifying to how much I love you. Mm-hmm. Also, that you can see what love looks like to me and match it. And that is the problem that I see in my own life. I'm like, God is so devoted to me. And all I do in prayer is ask for more of his devotion. But I never read the scriptures and see how he's calling for more devotion out of me. It's, it's really interesting you saying that because we were having a conversation about how do you address devotion still go? Like, how do you 
have a radical faith and be radical about God and still be um normal not normal but still go go to a job and so you can you know yeah. actually support yourself and <laughs> and worry about those things yeah. and still be have that radical faith where you are able to match his affection towards you. I think I think he helped us with that. I think he helped us with that by making it a, a hard work and not a hand work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm able to be at work and physically work and produce a physical dollar. And none of that ever has to compromise my devotion to God. Mm-hmm. Because what God wants is not my physical body. He wants my mind. He said, love the Lord with all thy heart, soul, and mind. That's all he asked for. He didn't say, love the Lord with your body. Mm-hmm. It's like pastor said today, he was preaching. And he said, when God say he, he wants you to love him, he don't want to have sex with you. But it seems nonsensical to say that. It seems like you don't even have to say all that, Pastor. But at the end of the day, you kind of do because people are trying to love God the way they love their family. They're trying to love God the way they love everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's not what he's asking for. We always keep, I used to think that. And so I, 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 get, I used to get frustrated and say, it's no way I can run a business and be committed to that and be committed to church. And God, like, I didn't ask you to do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you to be committed to church. I asked you to be committed to me. And that looks different. Mm-hmm. It does. My commitment to God, my devotion to God, takes different turns in my life now. But only time is ever challenged. I don't feel bad if I, got, if I have to work late and I can't make it to church. But I do feel bad if I didn't have to work and I just didn't go to church. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's that reality. Parents out there, you shouldn't feel bad if you have to go to the PTA meeting and you miss (laughs) Wednesday service. But you should feel bad if you had nothing to do Mm -hmm. and decided to not come to Wednesday service. Not because going to church shows your devotion, but because the desire to go to church shows your devotion. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that that's where, when you parse it like that, it makes more sense. Just like your wife is not asking you to bring home roses. And so if you don't bring them home, she's not going to be upset. But if you do bring them home, she, that don't mean she's going to be happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, people think that you got to do this stuff and it's going to bring a, listen, a certain joy. And this is where men get upset because they never get the, the reaction they're looking for. Mm. You can come home with a brand new car. She'll be like, oh, that was nice, babe. Uh, how are we going to pay for this? Listen, why you got to always go to that? Why you got to be about, uh, I just, why can't you just be happy? Because at the end of the day, people are not like God. Their idea of devotion changes every day. Mm-hmm. His don't. His don't. And we could be free from that. I don't get, I don't feel bad when I don't read the Bible. I feel bad when I f- didn't find time to read the Bible, but found time to read something else. Because I, I know there's an issue with my tr- what I treasure. Right. 
is an issue with what I treasure. I challenge myself. This is not for for you. You have to, these questions will come to you when you are actually challenging your devotions. But I'll tell you this. If I'm on Shade Room more than I'm in the Bible, I feel away. (laughs) But that's no, that's not no judgment to anybody else. I feel like the only way you can really talk about the stuff is if you talk about you because you, you know. Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel away sometimes when I'm like, Boy, you sit in the toilet on the toilet more than you you get in the word. I've had those conversations with myself, just me challenging my devotion. Mm-hmm. Not nobody, nobody knows, and you get to a certain point in your faith. Everybody just assume you right anyway. At least living right, you know what I'm saying? They just they don't see you with nobody. You always home. It's a certain. See, that's the thing. They it's it's what they see. It's what they see. The nastiness is what you don't see. Exactly. And it's not even, oh, I had a nasty thought today. No. No, because those nasty thoughts ain't going nowhere, fellas. I promise you, like, those those not going nowhere. I don't care how much. It's not going nowhere because it's attached to your humanity. But what happens when those nasty thoughts come to a heart that's devoted to God? It looks different. It looks different. The end of it turns out different. It's a whole different thing. It's all about changing your devotion. People come to church not trying to change their devotion, just trying to get the things that's bothering them away from. Mm. Lord, mm. get these depressing thoughts out of my life. No, the depressing thoughts going to always come, but you need to change what you devoted to. Because yeah. most of my de- depression came from my me treasuring things I couldn't get. And not knowing how I would get them. And feeling start feeling depressed. Mm. Me treasuring having a wife and children and not knowing how that was going to work out. Me treasuring having my own place and not knowing how that was going to work out. Me treasuring having a career with some benefits. <laughs> <laughs> and not knowing how that was going to work out. Me treasuring what I deemed to be success. So when I hit 25 and I didn't look successful according to that, <laughs> I'm depressed now. Because I'm devoted to certain things. Do you know what I'm saying? We look, laugh and say, oh, he don't have no job. Neither did the 12 disciples. I'm pretty sure people was walking around like, listen, you didn't quit your job and you just following this man around? Come on, let's take that and but put it in real life. That's what I'm saying about the, the level of... And he's not even calling for that no more. He's not calling for us to quit no job. No, no, no. But that type of faith. Yeah. Like sometimes I I feel like because if I was challenged with that today, just these are the questions I ask myself. It's good questions. If I was challenged with that today, Mm -hmm. would I be able to say, I follow you? Like a lot of people said, like to say, you know, wherever no. you lead me, Lord. Yeah. But Wait, what happens when he leads you? Yeah. My mother said that. She was like, oh, wherever you lead me, Lord. He was like, quit your daycare, which was successful, which was profitable. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all like, y'all, y'all like, God told me to shut down my daycare. It, I even think you don't about, have no like, when I think about <laughs> our pastor and the fact that he was very successful and left his job before retirement yeah. for the unknown yeah. 
And a real he had a real job with real benefits. He real, wasn't he wasn't yeah. working at Foot Locker and saying, "Oh God, making real money." God called me to the ministry. <laughs> I bet you he did. I he coming here too. <laughs> no, he had a he had a career career company car. All the amenities and things that we pursue in life, and this didn't just fall in his lap. He started at the bottom mm-hmm. and worked his way up there. Mm-hmm. So even even think of that when we go through all of that, we like I didn't do all of that just to I invested time, time, <laughs> effort. I didn't do all of that to tap out. Mm-hmm. So I understood when I would sit and talk with him, and it was tears in his eyes. I understood the humanity in that, mm-hmm. the reality of that. So yes. There are there are situations where we are called to something, but it's always a challenge of our devotion. And even thinking about how we describe our expectations for other things and what value is is equated to, we always go to first thing we go to is time. Yeah. I invested so much time, time and money. Those are the the things that we equate to a value of of a thing. And we got to get out of that. We really mm-hmm. do. We really do. I, I've even taught it in a certain way. I keep telling people that time is the currency of love, but you got to understand that in reality, it's a wealth. It's a value to time, but it only shows what's already in the heart. Mm-hmm. There's people who are trying to commit time to something where their heart is committed somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that's why you feel like you're in a prison. Think about it. A prison is when you spending time somewhere, you do not want to spend time. Mm-hmm. That's why church is a prison to people. They in there, but their heart's somewhere else. Because they never really gave up their treasures. He said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Mm-hmm. You treasure the world. Your, your heart is out there, but you done brought yourself into the church. And you feel like it's a prison. And that's how a lot of people are. That's where the conversations are coming in. Like, you don't need all this church to love the Lord. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. But if you love the Lord, you want all this church. Exactly. And this is where we got we got a situation because people, anytime there's something pulling at their treasure. So, so I had to make sure I pulled this up before we, we wrap things up. The scripture I'm referring to in Joshua chapter 6, verse 18, he said, Keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing of destruction and bring trouble upon it. Mm. This is what we do. God, God make it so simple. He like, like you said, a lot of the confusion that's in people's lives and you ask them why they did it and they don't know. Because you took the things devoted to destruction and brought them in your camp. They're in your heart. We know the things that are devoted to destruction. We think we do. So you hear people yeah. say, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because it's, it's, it's never really things. It's never really things. The, the the things that are devoted to destruction cannot be seen. And we and start it, making up nasty yeah. little folk tales, little tall tales like Paul Bunyan. Mm-hmm. We say, see y'all having sex and then God, that, that's why God brought AIDS here. Listen, no. God didn't bring AIDS here. 
because there was gay people having sex or there was just people having sex. You see all that free love in the 70s? Next thing you know, <laughs> AIDS crept in in the 80s and it just decimated people in the 90s. No, you're missing this. The things that are devoted to destruction are the things of your heart. Mm-hmm. He's saying, what is in your heart? You want to know what's in your heart that's devoted to destruction? Go to Galatians chapter 5. Malice. Yes. Envy. Yeah. We don't even have to say them all. They know them. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't know them? Go read Galatians chapter 5. <laughs> but those are the things that he said, if you treasure, and we treasure those things, even though we never think mm-hmm. we do. We know we treasure them because they are the things that feel good to us. Yeah. They are the things we devote ourselves to. People say, I want to stop gossiping. It's going to be hard for you to stop gossiping when gossiping is not the problem. It's not. And Gossiping and, reveals a lot. For some people, it reveals their envy. Mm-hmm. For some people, it reveals their malice. You know what I'm saying? All of these things. Sex. Oh, y- y'all covet. Y'all really love sex. No, no, not really. Because most people are not even experienced sex in the in the equal. It's not. It's, <laughs> <laughs> let's just no. We gotta we gotta go ahead and say it, Charity. <laughs> I gotta say this. Everybody's having sex, but not everybody's experiencing the gratification of it in the same degree. So a lot of y'all are just. You, you're you putting too much stock into something you know it's not even you're not even experiencing it in a way where it's that amazing you, you got a you got a mess going on <laughs> and so you're putting stock in things and you're pursuing things that honestly if we honest with ourselves it's not anything we line to people and saying it is no it's just not it's not it's not like it is in the movies it's not. I wish people... Come on, y'all done seen Love and Basketball or Poetic Justice or all these Why movies. Why you name it all the... <laughs> the black movies? The black movies. Because those, those love scenes be like five minutes long, longer than some of y'all sexual engagements. Mm-hmm. And a lot more, more romanticized and a lot more slow motion. It's just, you name black movies, but you don't name Game of Thrones. That's most people's sexual engagements. <laughs> 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 no, Game of Thrones kind of it, it sums it up. <laughs> it sums it up. It romanticized. The, the, but the saddest thing, or color purple, you know, things like that. But the reality is, is that those ain't the things that's really we devoted to. Mm-hmm. What we devoted to is what. That sex what led us to yes. having sex. And most people won't be honest and say everything that led up to sex was more gratifying than the actual sex. Mm-hmm. Because what led that's, up to sex that's was why, lust. That's why most people, after they, you know, accomplish what uh watching porn, they turn it off immediately and almost like a disgust. I was listening to be, a podcast. Be mad with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, stop pouting. And they were like, something's wrong with you mentally if you keep on watching porn after you've, you know, uh, climaxed. And I I was completely interested in a conversation because I'm like, these people actually have rules about this thing. Like, you're a lunatic if you keep on. (laughs) 
That's the yeah, it's disturbing. Like, what else are you looking for? You looking for a plot in it? You trying to see how this ends like Avengers? I'm like, what is happening? But the reality, the reality is, is I love I love that because it is it is a level of uh engagement that everybody has where they say, now that's nasty. Yeah. Now yeah. that's too much. You know? But the reality is that what is nasty to God never is can be seen. Mm-hmm. You can't record it on a phone. You can't put it up on any of those nasty pages. Mm-hmm. It's not to be seen. <laughs> you want to know what lust look like? Just videotape somebody. They could be just sitting there at work, mm-hmm. copying and pasting, Excel spreadsheet open. <laughs> <laughs> and that's lust. Because you just don't. And you could just look at the video and be like, put in the subtitles. At this point, at 2.07 p.m., Bob was thinking about someone other than his wife. <laughs> and you can, you'll can you never see it. It's just... <laughs> he's dragging and clicking. But his mind is somewhere else. <laughs> it's in a nasty place. Think about if we had a... Just like we got Find My iPhone. Think about if we had Find My Heart. Where would we find your heart? <sighs> we know where your phone is in your body. We'd be like, oh, force is Most at. of these married people would be in trouble. I'm telling you. <laughs> Because most mm. married people, sister. I'm just saying married people because I know yeah. that half of these married people, let's pray for the marriages, okay? Man, <laughs> let's pray for my marriage because <laughs> my, my marriage to God, it can get rocky. But yeah, it's a reflection of their, their marriage with God. With God. And you, as a person who's married, you can't be committed. To someone, if you lack the ability to be devoted to God, you really can't. And you can't treasure a person when your heart is already treasuring something else. Mm -hmm. Even when you people love people, it's not because they treasure them. It's because what they treasure, they find in In them. Like the the (sighs) feeling that the other person gives them. It's connected to what they already treasure. Mm -hmm. And that's why people are expendable. You're replaceable because I, my infinity gauntlet already filled with the doggone, the jewels of sin. <laughs> and really it was. It was like the power stone. Yeah. Like, the soul stone. The soul let's just, stone. Let's flip it out. Like, let's go to malice stone. <laughs> we got the envy stone. Yeah. We have all of them. We, we, we like, we like uh, Thanos. We got all of them. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden with a snap of a finger. All of our faith in God turns to dust. Why are you just getting me so excited? It's <laughs> turned into a major game. And <laughs> <laughs> the, the I almost ruined it for this lady today. She came in with a Marvel shirt on. Oh, uh, you almost told me. I her. said, Oh, you going to see the movie? She was like, Yes. I'm so excited. She was like, And the best part is Thor. Isn't he just so cute? And I'm like, Mm. Come back and see me after no. you see the movie. <laughs> so charity, charity. We're 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 recording a podcast. Oh. And even though these people love the Lord, like they don't want these movies to be spoiled for them. All right? I didn't say anything. Okay, you I told her come no, back that's, and that's, see me yeah, after you see the movie. That's a little too much. That's a little too much. Oh God. We, All right, guys. Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> And hopefully, if you listening to this, then, you know, either you don't like 
Marvel superhero movies. No, some people said. Or if if you do, then you'd have already seen it. Okay. Mm, you got a point there too. See, because people think they're like going back to the yeah, the, the fans. Yeah, devote the fans saw it already. Do you know what I mean? So the people who didn't see it, they're not going to be upset that yeah. I said something so minuscule. And it's cr- it's crazy because that's why people don't get bothered by the fact that they hear revelation from pastors or ministers. Nobody gets mad and says, "Dang, why didn't I hear that already? Mm-hmm. Why didn't I see that already? Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did because I I wanted to have a relationship with God where I felt like he was talking to me. Exactly. And not just getting it third party. You wanted to go to the source. I wanted to go to the source. It wasn't always like that because I was satisfied with just, oh, you do all the legwork. <laughs> and then I come in. And but think I, about the, the level of, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. But think about the level of devotion that the woman with the issue of blood had to have in order to bypass the fact that she was bleeding. Yeah. And in a a day and time where if you bled, you had to stay out from the public eye and, you know, go through a crowd and touch Jesus, who was someone who, you know— drew a crowd of people. So for her to even do that. And what you're saying <laughs> is is profound and remarkable because it was remarkable enough to Jesus that he remarked about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what people are missing is that when we're in a situation where there's certain things you read in the Bible and Jesus remarks about it, we need to pay closer attention to it. He remarked about her touching him and her doing all of that because it denotes devotion. Mm-hmm. And and not because she came to him with a problem, but because... She said he could solve it. Mm-hmm. And we got to parse things like that mm-hmm. because she didn't come to him out of desperation. Mm-mm. She came to him out of devotion. She went to the seven doctors out of desperation. Mm-hmm. She went to him out of devotion. Because she didn't see him as just a person who could just heal her. Mm-hmm. She saw him as a person who had everything she needed. There's a difference. It's a difference. It's a difference. I'm not looking for God to be something. I'm looking for him to be everything. Mm-hmm. That's devotion. And when we know that, then it changes how I engage with church. Mm-hmm. I used to, the more I got devoted to God, the more I thought, where does church play in all of this? Yeah, I was about to say, the more devoted I became, it, it was a level of cynicism that came along with it. I wanted to kind of deconstruct my faith in order for me to build it on the right foundation. Because especially with us being raised in the church, there were a lot of things that I took as truth Without doing the legwork or the, you know, the fact finding. Yeah. And I wanted to know for myself. And I love that because I think that that summed up, to sum up how we feel about church is you can see it in how parents feel about school. Mm -hmm. They get frustrated. They get angry. They say, I got to get my child out to school. 
my child is not excelling in this school. Why do you feel your child's not excelling? Because my child's not getting good grades. I don't like my child's teachers. I feel like <laughs> they're not doing all they can to teach my child. There's never an emphasis on the child and how they're engaging. Mm-hmm. So all they do is take their child to another place, usually a more wider place. <laughs> they think that the school is what changed their child. But what changed their child is the fact that you took them away from all the things they treasured. Mm-hmm. They treasured their peers. The they tre- engagement They was treasured different. the engagement. The engagement that, was I different. like that that were associated to devotion because in order for you to be devoted to something, there has to be a certain level of engagement. And if we have to curate your engagement, that's not devotion. Mm -hmm. Like in order for you to say that you love something, you have to be around. I have to remove all (laughs) things that you ever love. So that men do this. (laughs) They isolate these women because they feel like the next man that come to you, you might just leave with him. And that's the difference between a cult and, and what the faith that we have is the fact that God gave us free will. He gave us free will because... But he wants us to have that cult... Level of devotion because a cult them. never it never freezes people in there. Mm-mm. It never makes people stay. It never forces people. If it is, then that's not a cult. That's an abduction. <laughs> and there's literally people who come to church and they want to be abducted. Mm-hmm. They're like, listen, you know, I need to be in the. It's basically, they don't need a church. They need a group home. No prison. They need a a rehab center. Mm-hmm. Church is not your rehab center. We're not supposed to remove everything that you ever treasure so that you have no choice but to focus on the thing you don't treasure. It didn't change. You're not going to treasure that thing. Mm -hmm. It's just that now you have no choice but to focus on it because everything you treasure is gone. That's nasty. That's not what God wanted to do. That's why he didn't take the rich man's money. He said, give me your money. The man made a choice because he has free will. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even the action of the rich man leaving and going and selling all of his. But it was the reaction that that Jesus wanted to see. He wanted to see how his heart turned sad at the very thought of selling everything that he valued. That takes us to another thing Paul said. This is how you know he crazy. This is how you know he devoted. <laughs> he said, count it all joy. Mm-hmm. When you're faced with diverse temptations, because the trying of your faith worketh patience. Mm-hmm. He said, and let patience have its perfect work. What is it working out in us? Devotion. Exactly. And he realized that every situation that is presented to me is an opportunity to show my devotion. It is hurts, it's uncomfortable, it is not pleasant, but it is causing me to challenge what I treasure. And my devotion strengthens my relationship. Absolutely, because where I, where my treasure is, because I, I think that's I think that's the perfect word that he was referencing to is the relationship. Yeah. So we keep saying we in relationships with people, but there where our hearts not in it. He just he's just saying a simple thing. You say you love the Lord. If I ask somebody today, you love the Lord? Yes, I love the Lord. Then where's your heart? 
Oh, my heart's my heart's with God. What do you treasure? The Bible broke it down for us, so it gets never. That's our GPS. I know where my heart is by asking myself, what do I treasure? When I get into a place where I'm soured on church, I have to challenge myself. Forrest, why are you souring on church? Your devotion is supposed to call you to understand church is not there for your comfort. Church is there for your building and edifying of one mm-hmm. another. It's, it's the place I need to be because I love God, not the place I need to be because I feel the love of the people. And every place people go to, they leave once they feel like people don't love them or people don't acknowledge them or people don't value them or people don't see them the way they want to be seen. They leave. And they completely remove God out of the equation. It's never a devotion because Jesus never went to a place where he was loved. He never went to a place where he was celebrated. Even when he was, he knew he was like, uh. He did leave one place and say they can't receive anything from me. Thank you. I was about to say it. He, he left his hometown mm-hmm. and said they can't receive nothing. Because think about it. The only thing that will always drive a wedge between us and God is a closed heart. Mm-hmm. Think about it. He said, I stand at the door and knock. But when that door don't open, he don't stand and knock all day. Mm-hmm. It's like the Jehovah Witnesses, you like, just let them knock. And you, you feel like it's forever. <laughs> It'd be like 15 minutes later, like, you almost want to scream out the window, go to the next house. <laughs> I'm not opening it. Bye. They, Remember when the Jehovah's Witnesses came need, for me every single Saturday? Yeah. I had one conversation with them. You you left the door open. And they came every single Saturday they thought for it was hope months. Because they thought it was hope. You want to know why I love that? And it just so happened to be my one Saturday where I was off. But you know why I love that charity? (laughs) Because they saw hope. (laughs) They so devoted that they don't even, they don't see it as anything else but an opportunity. And when somebody gives them a glimmer or something, you know how many people shut the door and don't say nothing to them? You had a conversation. They like, it's hope. We might change her. Because they believe that stuff. Yeah. See, this, this is where it'd be crazy. We on the other side of it. We like, that lady don't know. I don't, I'm not, you can't get me. They like, oh, they probably went back, Charity. To <laughs> they did. They probably went back to their group and said, we met a girl named Charity today. The next time they brought younger people. <laughs> I want y'all to see how it's done. I want y'all to see how these engagements are supposed to go. We, 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 y'all think we can't get the young people. We got her. She talking to us. She's, do you get what I'm saying? Like, this is the reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that they have more hope. I see Christians talk to somebody for five minutes and be like, that, they don't want nothing. Ain't no saving them. You smell a breath. It was, I could smell the Ciroc. I know what Ciroc tastes like. <laughs> I know what it smells like. I smell it. They don't want no God. Talking How about do you weed. know? It, it just a hope. It's like, oh, this, this thing smells like weed. <laughs> There's so many people that counted me out, and some of them counted me out out loud. <laughs> but there were some people that was crazy enough to believe God was going to do the work in my life. Or even, you know, <laughs> with people not seeing God and what you do because they can't see how God is radical. <laughs> so they call your God 
sin or they call your God you not not being in the faith. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. But it, 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 that's another thing about devotion. Devotion takes your imaginations to new heights. Mm-hmm. And all this is is imagination. Mm-hmm. That's why it says cast down every thought and imagination. Mm-hmm. Why? Because your imagination is what you thrive on as a person of faith. We can't go by sight. We go by thoughts and imaginations. Mm-hmm. So that's why he said every thought and imagination exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You got to cast it down. Mm-hmm. So when a person goes to church and they can see the best of people, they, they, they can see God in people. They can see God in the church. They can know the worst about a pastor and still sit and listen to him mm-hmm. because they actually, they imagine there's a God that can use this person. Mm-hmm. That imagination, they, they, us in our cynical land, mm-hmm. so grounded in reality, we like, listen, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's a duck. And it can't do nothing but quack. It can't preach the word of God. This repeat, there's people who can't receive from me. Yeah. Because they don't have an imagination to see God use me. They're too grounded in reality because they're not devoted to the place that causes us to really go to another place in our minds. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the beautiful thing about this. I hope we share some. We've been all over the place. But I hope we share something that uh, made people think about it, like challenge yourselves in what they treasure be, and challenge themselves in their devotions. Devotions is deeper than buying a book and answering questions or reading passages. And I don't, I knock devotionals, even though I'm writing one. <laughs> but He really I, does knock devotionals. I knock devotionals not because of the person that wrote it, because the person that wrote it, you, you, got, you guys don't know how hard it is to write a book. People that write the stuff, they are they're the devoted. Mm-hmm. They're devoted. You know what I'm saying? Like to put effort into that stuff. It shows devotion. But the problem is, is the the person that wrote the book has more devotion than the person who's reading it. Because they are not challenging themselves. And some of those books have real hard questions. And you'll see mm-hmm. people reading them and answering them, and you're like, this these words not leaping off the page into your heart. You're treating it like a textbook. But it, but it's a resource, though. Here's the beautiful thing about resources. <laughs> Why Johnny has been pulled out of school, a public school, and put into a charter school. Uh-huh. Because the resources has always been there. But the heart hasn't. And so when Johnny engaged with that resource, he doesn't get any resource from it. Because his heart is not in it. Mm. That's what I'm saying. There's power in these things. There's power in the Bible. But there's, it's never sourced from a heart that is not treasuring that word. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where people think, I'm, I'm saying challenge yourselves so that y'all don't turn these devotional books that are filled with powerful things into textbooks that are as about as antiseptic and just basic as reading an encyclopedia from 1989. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's certain there were so many wrong things in the encyclopedias from back in the day. Because we learned so much, you go back in those encyclopedias, they're useless now. At the fact that you know you can even find an encyclopedia in some people's houses, yeah, it's crazy to me because they've been passed down. Yeah, so you know it's part of the family. It's like my mother paid a lot of money for these Britannicas. 
Yeah. You're like, but yeah, we learned that uh, AIDS doesn't come from uh, <laughs> that no more. Mommy really did spend a lot of money on Yeah, her. she spent a lot of money. But <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost them in like a storm. Yeah, I think the, the flood, yeah. The, rea- the reality is, is that we, when we unlock this thing of what we treasure, everything about church and its engagements and us as people of God, I think it, t- it gets elevated. It gets heightened, and I'm. You said sh- elevated was going to be your word. It 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 has been this year. I, I think <laughs> I'm really trying to elevate my engagements with God, and I'm really challenging people because I want them to stop trying to do the act as a sign of affection. You thinking worshiping God through song. Is a is the ultimate sign of affection to God. It's like a person thinking they can sleep with you and show you they love you from that. It doesn't discount the doesn't discount the engagement. Uh-huh. It's just that if the heart it can't now, that can't be that's not the, the indicator. extent of your intimacy or your interaction. Let's put that it this way. That can't be the the meaning. It has to be an expression, not an exercise. Mm-hmm. Your My song to God should express my heart to God. It cannot be the exercise that, sh- that is the thing. He's. It's not the thing. Mm-hmm. It's where when you have these praise and worship leaders, they wax poetic. You <laughs> watch them on YouTube and stuff, and they're like, I know the weight of my job is to that's usher the presence of God. That's where I thought we we were going to yeah. nah because you know there's even such, though I feel like that needs to be it does need to be discussed but I, I've I've come that's why in the group chat like I asked all y'all for the songs that move y'all that's why uh, yeah I thought because I was at a it was in a rough place that day and I was like I have the songs that encourage me I would like to hear the songs that encourage them it may encourage me too mm-hmm. because music is, has such a, a close place in my heart but I fell in love with music before I fell in love with God. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I realized that I can love something. <laughs> I can love music and get caught up in music. And God could be sitting there watching like, well, you tell me when you finish. Because I'm at church and there's been times where I'm just in love with the song. Don't let me write the song too. And I'm just sitting up there and I'm like, Oh, yes, yes. Oh, Lord, it is his blood. And I'm really just in love with music. I love music. <laughs> that but, moment when you thought. I, everybody else, to everybody else, it looked like I'm worshiping charity. I know. The moment where you first discovered R&B. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> even then, it's a, it's a beauty to all of that stuff. But God knows even in the context of worship music, he's looking, he's like, he's having something with me. Him and music is having a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not even in it because I, I can write about God. Mm-hmm. I can wax poetic about God and not even treasure him. I can treasure the gift that he gave me more than I treasure him. That's, um, that's very common. <laughs> and the funny thing is, <laughs> when you take and try to parse these things like this, this is what people tell me. I think you're overthinking it. I think it's not that deep. 
I think that when I lift my hands and Shekinah glory comes down and the spirit comes into the place. No, a lot of these people are just engaged with the expert way that we take 12 notes and use them in sequences that move I mean, people hearts in different this, ways. The same way that you can watch something, it evokes a certain emotion from you. It's the very same way that you can hear something and it can evoke a feeling, an emotion. And, and sometimes it can it, it can be deceiving and blur together. It, yeah. In the some I know. All of us got to be honest with ourselves. I know that sometimes at church, the same tears that came down at church was the same tears that came down when Mufasa died. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes you can hear a song and like, imagine me. Imagine me evokes tears out of people because they are imagining themselves, like the song say. In a lowly place. In a lowly place and being better than what they are. And it moves you to be emotional. And God is like, okay, so when y'all done with that, I want you to imagine yourself not just being free, but being in love with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we can make even the idea of being in love with God more whimsical and more transparent than actually loving him. And and also that ties into motivational speakers. And yes. How, you know, it blurs the lines it, of it what's blurs, a preaching. Yes. We don't know if we just hearing inspirational stuff or we hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Paul said, some of y'all talking a lot of stuff. He said, and it's not bad. He said, but for me, I like to stick to the gospel. He said, exactly. Christ died and crucified and raised from the dead. And that should be enough. He said, that should be enough. Yeah. And he said, y'all got different styles. But for me, I feel like if I stick to the good news, I'm going to get some good news out of it. Mm-hmm. The other stuff it evokes emotion, and I, there's been times where I've heard people, including the first time I heard Jamal find Bryant. Commonality in Les the- Brown. Les Brown is a motivational speaker. That was the other one, the big white guy, Tony Robbins. You got Tony Robbins, Les Brown, even Oprah when she talks. Mm-hmm. It elicits so much inspiration. People are inspired by. Mm-hmm. I noticed that people get inspired by all types of stuff now. Somebody put a picture. It was just two people on the beach kissing each other. (laughs) And they put hashtag black love, hashtag big mood, hashtag inspiration. And I'm like, I can't be inspired by that. I'm not aspiring to that. This is where our devotions are revealed. Mm -hmm. Because then they'll look at that and then look over at their husband sitting with a TV dinner on his stomach watching a basketball game and say, He's nothing like I, I imagine. He's nothing like I dream. And there's the depression. Mm-hmm. There comes the depression. There comes the sadness. And, oh, man. We are out of time, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like... Somebody, devotion, somebody ready to go bed. <laughs> I feel like the devotion... No, because you gave me a flag for time. No, no, no. It's just um, you gotta rock out. But the devotion leads to expectations and... Um, we had a Bible study where mom taught on expectation and it kind of bothered me because I was like, you know, how can you not have an expectation for people or for, you know, just everything? Yeah, I go into things with expectations because I feel like there it sets a standard. I live by a standard and my interactions have been standardized. Yeah. I love that. 
<laughs> so look at this, Charity. There are certain areas of the country that are below sea level. Mm-hmm. So when they're already below sea level, what is a no- normal rain for us is flooding to them. Mm-hmm. So we look at this thing of standardized and normalized, and everybody's looking at sea level as that place. Mm-hmm. That's what expectation is. If I'm not at sea level, then I'm not in a position to weather life. Life is only good to me if I'm making the amount of money I want it. Mm-hmm. It's only good if I have the husband I want it, if I have the things I want. Everything seems to be magnified when I'm below my expectation. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're doing is trying to always move that dial to a place we feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. When I realized my expectations was too high and I could, I jumped a couple times and couldn't reach <laughs> it, I pulled that thing down. And I said, let's try right here. And then we moved in. I said, now I'm starting to make, I'm making it. I'm making a headway. The only thing that ever changes in our lives is our expectations. Mm-hmm. And we feel we have the control and the power, like you said, to standardize and move it how we will. Mm-hmm. Some people are better at it than others. Some people are always going to be behind because they're all, they never know how to adjust it beyond what they see in the society. Mm. My, my standard is the Joneses. And I can't help that. You would have to take Instagram off my hands. You would have to put blinders on me. Because even when I go outside and I see the next door neighbor, <laughs> when I look at their house, they done painted their house. Honey, we're we going to get some paint tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 and you know people move like that. Everybody tomorrow can say, we all getting a star tattoo on our face. And there's going to be people that say, Mm, star tattoo, not for me. And then they'll start to change the more people have it. And then once it's a thing, then they like, I, I bet you I don't look too bad with a star. They might even draw one just to see for a second. <laughs> the, you get what I'm saying? The, the line oh, changes. Jesus. There's people, quiet as kept, kept charity. There's people who I remember when skinny jeans first came out saying, I never wear a pair of skinny jeans. Five years later, these people got on skinny jeans. Mm-hmm. What happened? We can't even bring it up to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a reality. This Suddenly we move those expectations because they're based on something outside of us. Mm-hmm. And that's why we feel so out of control. That's where depression feels like a, they like, it's like a wave. It just comes on me. No, what happened is the sea level raised up on you. And now where you was at sea level, they raised it up and now they left you below. So now basic things in life that used to just be water off your back are now drowning you. Mm. I realized that about my life. I'm like, my whole thing of being depressed is based on how I view myself through the eyes of everybody else. Never through God. Didn't care what he thought. He not the one I got to stare at every day. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like... Just something as simple as even being a virgin. It's all cute and games until you hit your 30s. Then you hit 35 and you're like, all right. Then you hit 38 and you're like, it's quite a possibility you might die like this, bro. You know what? With that being said. <laughs> but the reality is I'm saying all of these things. I'm thinking all these things. Mm-hmm. Never out of a thought that's original to my heart. 
but out of the realities I see around me. And that's nasty. Yeah. It's nasty. It's, it's never out of what God wants. I'm never looking and saying, not my will, but thy will, which is a releasing of expectation. Right. And an accepting of an expectation that he has for us. I was about to say, but it is still very much an, an expectation. expectation. It's just never ours. And that's all I was saying. Like, you no, know, no. it... <laughs> I know, but I, I love what you were saying so much. I was like, this taking me to the greater part of it because expectation is healthy when we take on the expectation of God. Mm-hmm. And our search becomes not to meet our expectation, but to find out His. Exactly. That we might live according to it. And to see the scriptures because as expectations. Because that's what gives life purpose. How can you live life without expectations? You... You have nothing to live for. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing about that teaching is that people got to realize. Every, this, but I knew, you know, what. What mom was saying. But, it's, like, but it's, it's, it brings up a those question. Those expectations that you were discussing yeah. about carnal expectations and having it with human beings who cannot live up to. Anyone else's yeah. expectations. Because this the, is this the weird, the nasty part about it. We can all be- understand, like, you could tell your daughters, I, I want you to have a purpose because I don't want no man to give you a purpose. Mm-hmm. But that's just one step. What happens when she gives herself her own purpose? Mm-hmm. That's just as nasty as him. Yeah. Because she ain't create her either. What that's happens when you... Don't even want to give your daughter the opportunity to mess up. So you give her a purpose. Mm-hmm. That's just as nasty as that guy giving her a purpose. Because while you kept her out of his lap, you also kept her out of God's face. Mm. <laughs> I tap out. <laughs> I'm done. Episode 106. I, Charity brings these trail mix episodes. I always... <laughs> Because we talked, even last week, I was listening. I'm like, okay, can we get back on? Oh, we got back on. We got back on track. I also love the deviations because the digressions are healthy to conversation. And I love this. But episode 106. (laughs) You pretty much said I have you all over the place. You do. You do. But we all still in the parameters of good word and good conversation. But episode 106, we're just going to call this one simply The Devoted. Forest Hall. Charity Hall. I'm boy, she's girl. This is Real Church Matters. God bless.